Hey, Chris from the Mighty Decibel here. We have an extra Monday in May, so that allows us to add another episode to our discography review series. And we got a big one for you today. We're going to be tackling none other than the Mighty Led Zeppelin. So some pros and cons in tappling, uh, tackling the Zeps on the negative side. They're worshipped as gods by many a punter, so I'm sure I'm going to uh, receive some flack for some of my uh, views. But on the other hand, it's a relatively easy one, uh, given that they only have nine albums to cover. So regardless, let's jump right into it. So uh, guitarist Jimmy Page, out of the ashes of the Yardbirds, forms Led Zeppelin with vocalist Robert Plant, bassist keyboardist John Paul Jones, and drummer John Bonham. So the debut self-titled record uh, issued in early 1969 was a self-finance platter recorded over a total of 36 hours in the studio. Uh, the result is an album that is adored by some and ignored by others, like myself. <laughs> so there's nothing wrong with the performance and production for the time. This was 1969, before the birth of heavy metal, after all. The problem, though, is in the songwriting cover choices. This is plainly inconsistent, oscillating between great and utterly boring. So on the pro side, we get Communication Breakdown, the legendary proto-metal track, the short dramatic opener Good Times, Bad Times, and the church organ-driven light rocker Your Time Is Gonna Come. Uh, however, on the con side, most of this record is taken up by whole songs or sections of tracks delving into dated, boring blues. Ugh. Some may claim heresy for such a, a claim, but for for perspective, this came out when I was just seven, so I really didn't invest uh, time into this until I had consumed my early Sabbath albums. It was just too much blues and not enough hard rock for this metalhead. So while there's no questioning the importance of this record in the evolution of heavy metal, as it is definitely one of the proto-steps towards our fade musical form, but it doesn't mean that I have to love it or even want to listen to it. I give this a 6 out of 10. As was normal back in the day, the band issued a second album later in the same year, 1969, the imaginatively titled Led Zeppelin II. So the good news is that the boys spend more time in hard rock mode here. The blues still at the core of the thing, but the band is more electric. There's two more A-list proto-metal tracks in Whole Lot of Love and Heartbreaker, the loud and proud Ramble On and the hip-swiveling rocker Living Loving Maid, best track and offer here in my opinion. The rest of the tracks aren't as life-affirming, but are certainly better than the dredges found on the debut. So often described as the heaviest Led Zeppelin album, two found the band upping the ante on the songwriting front while the performances and production basically stayed the same as one. I give this a 7.5, although some days it does push an 8. We're the purple 
following year, they break in the 70s with Led Zeppelin III, the album many a punter call the band's softest. So while this may be true, at the core, Led Zeppelin stay the course, focusing more on rock instead of straight-up blues, similar to the previous record. However, here the band utilized acoustic guitars along with slide and banjos to deliver many of the tracks, especially on side two, lending itself an overall softer sound. Side one is the best side of Zeppelin's studio affair to this point, uh, even though it contains the excruciating for this metalhead since I've been loving you and the elongated throwaway blues turd. But elsewhere on the side, you get the triumphant Viking victory of Immigrant Song, the dramatic and banjo-appointed Friends, the upbeat Celebration Day, and Solid Rocker out on the tiles. Side 2, on the other hand, is definitely a step down in quality, all five tracks, acoustic guitar adorned, but in three of the cases, catchy despite its relative lightness. Unfortunately, they end off with another blues track, the acoustic uh, guitar adorned Hats Off to Roy Harper. So from a rating perspective, I rank this shoulder to shoulder with two, garnering a similar 7.5 out of 10. found the band issuing an untitled album, which has now become known as Four. This is the album where Led Zeppelin transformed from superstar status to arguably the biggest band in the world. Rolling Stone fans uh, may have some arguments against this title, though. Regardless of your thoughts on that, though, uh, there's absolutely no debate as to the greatness of this album. This is simply one of the best hard rock albums ever be uh, produced. Every single track, classic Led Zeppelin. From hard rock and roll to keyboard-driven rock to mandolin-assisted folk rock, lush acoustic ballad, dramatic harmonica-enhanced blues, every damn track a pleasure to behold. A Desert Island album of epic proportions selling 37 million copies worldwide, unquestionably a perfect 10 out of 10. The 
The band take two years off before returning in 1973 with their fifth platter, Houses of the Holy. As expected after a life-altering album, there's a sense of letdown surrounding the release from many corners. And sure, there, this is plainly not as strong as four, but personally, I think that it is extremely underrated. So highlights here include classic opener, The Song Remains the Same, the epic buildup of Over the Hills and Far Away, the stop-start rift, The Ocean, and the catchy-as-hell reggae rock of Do Your Maker, a track that could easily have landed on In Through the Outdoor a few albums hence. What really stands out, though, is that there aren't any bad tracks here that bang clearly still on a higher plane when coming to writing and performance compared to us mere mortals. So yeah, an underrated record in my books, Houses of the Holy gets an enthusiastic thumbs up, so much so that I'd say that it is clearly superior to the first three records. Warrants a 9 out of 10 in my scorecard. continued to levitate above the rest of us when two years later out comes the much celebrated double album physical graffiti often called the greatest double album of all time the first record sides one and two live up to this title every one of the six tracks being a1 led zap ditties starting out with the circular rift custard pie onto the nasty guitar rocker the rover and concluding with the lengthy in my time of dying side one is grand in scope in fact, I'd say that the latter in my time of dying is the true epic track of the whole Zep catalog flying above the more well-known exotic cashmere found later on side two. Houses of the Holy open side two with a good time jangly rocker before the keyboard pulsating dra- uh, trampled underfoot and the aforementioned cashmere fell out the side. Sides three and four are clearly no match though. Uh, I can hear the gas from the Zep groupies, but come on, outside of the countryfied down by the seaside, side three is a huge step down in quality. Side four is much better, given the inclusion of upbeat rocker Night Flight, the Wanton Song, although dead similar to opener Custard Pie, uh, instrumental Sick Again, and the hard-rocking Black Country Girl, but still doesn't quite measure up to the first two sides. If they kept this as a single record, I place this shoulder to shoulder with four. So while I'm happy that this is a two-disker given it allowed the band some room to experiment into some interesting soundscapes, it does move the album away from perfection. That said, I still say that this is the greatest double record of all time. I give this a 9 out of 10.
Incredibly, the band's creative juices were still flowing in 1976, despite the double album onslaught they issued the year previous, as the boys now released Presents. Seems Plant was recuperating from a car accident, so the band used the time to create a new album instead of touring. So here we see the band stepping back from experimentation, uh, presenting the masses with a straight-up hard rock record instead. No problem with that from this metalhead's perspective. Problem though is that the songwriting just ain't there. Sure, the 10 minute opener, Achilles Last Stand, and second side opener, Nobody's Fault But Mine, are A-listers, but the balance are good, but kinda forgettable. So overall, this is a huge step down from the previous three releases, but still better than the debut. So let's give this one a seven out of 10. characteristic three-year break between albums as we had to wait until 1979 for the paper bag wrapped in through the outdoor. So unlike the previous presence which was dominated by Page and Plant in the writing department, bassist John Paul Jones steps forward to assist Page in the songwriting on this one, hence the inclusion of more keyboards and more chances taken musically. First thing to note is the variety on display here. They open with sumptuous, masterfully crafted hard rock in the form of In the Evening, followed by Southbound Suarez, a piano-led rock and roller. Fool in the Rain follows with what is described as samba mixed with rock, and then side one is closed out by the country and roll hoedown of Hot Dog, a dizzyingly diverse first side to say the least. On to second side, the album's epic Carousel provides 10 minutes of progressive rock brilliance on par with Rush in their prime. The obvious but no less effective radio ballad All of My Love and slow blues of I'm Gonna Crawl close out the album in style. So as a listening experience, this is a strangely inward reflecting release, if not outright depressing, <laughs> an album that seems to match the mood of the album cover perfectly. So not a fist-pumping, life-affirming record, but no less a necessary record as Four, Houses of the Holy, or Physical Graffiti. Call it the Rainy Day Led Zeppelin album if you must. Regardless, a perfect 10 out of 10 classic record. The 70s were closed out in style by the masters.
the untimely death of drummer John Bonham, the discography story should have ended here, but it was not to be due to filthy lucre. Some two years after the death and the band's demise, an odds and sods piecemeal record called Coda was patched together to line the pockets of everybody involved. Of the eight tracks, five are outtakes deemed not good enough for the original albums, with two live tracks from 1970 and a drum solo completing the package. Of the eight, uh, two in through the outdoor outtakes are the only ones worth the price of admission, uh, the Ozone Baby and Wearing Tearing, both rocking hard and with purpose. While the drum solo track is really the only throwaway track, the other five are either middle of the road fare or simply come off as underwritten. In all, 33 minutes of redundant music that didn't need to be issued. The hard rock world is not a better place for its existence. I give this a six. have it the mighty led zeppelin's discography reviewed in one fell swoop so overall i'd say that the strength of the band's output has been exaggerated over time however it is undeniable that there are some excellent albums and tracks that us metalheads and hard rockers can rejoice until our time of dying so thanks for listening and make sure that you check out our website www.themightydecibel.com where you'll find our new release monday episodes our In 40 Minutes curated playlists every Tuesday, album live reviews on Wednesdays, and best of top tens on Thursdays. Thanks for listening and have a great one, eh?